How are you doing this morning? Everybody good? I'm excited. God's been doing um, just a lot of, he's been a lot doing a lot of cleaning out in my house, but I've been going through this, this series. So if it ain't changed nobody, it's been changing me. And so I know, um, I, I really appreciate what God's been doing in my heart. And you know, change is not fun, is it? Is it? But it's necessary. Change is necessary. And I, and I know whenever God's telling me to do something different, there's always this uncomfortability that goes along with that. And my first inclination is, is not to step. It's to stand right where I am, right? And there's a lot of you in this room today, today as you've been going, we've been going through this series, you've been standing still. You haven't taken that step. You're not being intentional with it. You're, kinda, you're okay with being miserable, But the reality is, when you truly understand who Jesus is, you just can't stand being miserable anymore. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let's dive into what he's going to tell us today, because I'm expecting him to do big things. Father God, we come to you right now, praying for, uh, Lord, you just do an amazing thing in our hearts and our lives today. Lord, I'm just, uh, my mind just keeps going back to what was said while we were praying earlier today is, is, Lord, if, if, uh, if we didn't come just to be a group of people that have a lot of things in common, but, God, we come as a group of people desiring to see you change us. And, Father, I pray, start with me. I pray that's all of our hearts today. Start with me. We're not looking to our right or to our left. We're looking right at ourselves and saying, God, start with me today. Change my heart, change my intentions, change my motives. God, help me today be 100% sold out to you. So, Father, I pray right now that you would help us right now um, block out the distractions that we brought here with us, brought back the, the, the ride here. Just block that out of our minds, God. I pray that we would block out anything that would cause us to take our eyes off of you. And, God, help us focus on what you're fixing to say. So, God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, as I began to prepare for this series and this sermon, um, God just kept throwing some, some different verses in my head. And I was like, God, what does that mean? What does that mean? And those of you that know me know that, that um, I often claim, and, and I stand behind this, is that I'm not smart enough to do this on my own. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. But, but I always have to cling and say, God, what you want me to say? Because I know when I put myself in the driver's seat, I make a wreck of things. Anybody else do that? Boom. <laughs> My sound effect is corner. I like it. But one of the things when I began to think about this whole series called A Better Story is it, circled around how we allow things in our life to become who we are instead of who we are is about who we are in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so if we're not careful... We allow our experiences, we allow our struggles, and we allow what everything else around us says about us to become who we are, and we forget what God says, that, who God says we should be. And so we go through life feeling unfulfilled, feeling empty, because we are running on the fuel of this world instead of the fuel of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And until you replace that, until you, until you replace the, the voices in your head with the right voices, nothing's going to change. You're going to still feel defeated. You're going to still feel unaccomplished. You're going to still feel unfulfilled, even though you go to church every week. It's because you have to do work to get that junk out. See, God, when God saved us, he gave, when he gave Jesus as, our, as a Savior to save us of our sins, that free gift, automatically it's a gift of salvation. We don't have to work for our salvation. We don't have to do anything for our salvation, but see, Everything in life is a test. If you want God more than you want yourself, it's, it's, it's self-denial. Do, do, I, do I want to, to continue to, to feel this way because I have control over the situation? If I remain bitter, I'm in control. If I remain upset, I'm in control. It's all a control thing. And do you want to give that up or you want to give it to God? You know? So in order for us to overcome this whole identity crisis in which we have, we've got to replace the lies of this world with the truth of God's Word. 
And I know some of you are like, okay, that's easy. It's easier said than doing. Because you can know the truth and not apply it. And if you're not applying the truth, it's just the truth. You got to apply the truth for it to be reality. And we, we as Christians, boy, we're good at coming to church and raising our hands and saying praise the Lord and amen. And we leave here and we leave the truth at church and we don't take it home with us. And we, and we, we have struggles at, how, at the house when we get home and, and, and you and your wife or your husband's fussing, but, but, but the truth is sitting on a coffee table and you don't pick it up. There's stuff going on at work and, 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 you're, and you're depressed, you're upset, you don't know how, what else to do. It, the truth is right there, you don't, but you don't go to God, you go to you first. And you're making this, this, this wreck and, and when, then, then when everything else is exhausted, you go to God and then you're upset because God didn't answer you last night at 10 o'clock. I'm hitting close to home, huh? You know, and when I begin to think about the truth and begin to think about what Jesus said about the truth, man, it's uh, in John 14, there's a lot of I am statements, and Jesus says, I am this and I am that. And whatever Jesus said he is, that's what I want to pay attention to. In John 14, 6, he says, Jesus answered the Pharisees. He says, look, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says he is the way. He's the only way. He's the only way. So, so for us feeling helpless in a situation, us feeling hopeless, the only way out of that feeling is through Jesus. Dr. Phil can't help you. I don't care how many self-help books you read, it's not going to help you. He is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. If we want to experience the abundant life in which Jesus died to give us, then we have to relish and live in the truth of God's word. Amen? And we got to go to that first. Usually we go to God's word when, there's, when all else fails. It's kind of like that last Hail Mary. It's like, oh, we're going to, everything else messed up. Let's go to God. He don't want to be your leftovers. He wants to be your first. We've got to go to God with everything. So how do you know the way? So I want us to understand that you've got to understand the way before you understand anything else. See, the way is that God gave Jesus to us as a perfect gift so that we can have salvation. But it's through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we even get the chance to have communion with God. Without that, we would have never been able to even talk to God. Before Jesus died, there was a veil that was up in the temple, and, and you had to bring your, bring your sacrifice to the priest, and he had to take it and, and, and kill it, and he had, to, he had to put the blood on the mercy seat for your sins. You couldn't go to God. You had to bring it to somebody to mediate for you. Man, I'm glad we don't have to do that now. But see, God knew that that, was, that system wasn't going to work forever. He sent Jesus, and when Jesus died, that veil was torn from the top to the bottom. And automatically, we, have access, we had access to God. And we have access to God through the Holy Spirit that flows inside of us. We have that access to God. Without the, without the, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus, we could not have had that. But see, what that did is when he died and that, that veil was torn Automatic, we can bring our problems to God. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You can bring your problems to God. You don't have to take your problems to your hairdresser for her to spread all over town and expect them to be able to tell you how to, how to, how to fix your problems. You don't have to do that. You can carry it to God. And if you're patient and listen to the voice of God, he will tell you how you need to change your problems, how to fix where you are. But see, it all starts with our relationship with Jesus, knowing that he is the only way to peace. He is the only way to satisfaction. He is the only way for us to do life. And when we get in a mess and our identity gets all jacked up, we start, what defines us is our circumstances or, you know, I am my job because that's, I put all my time and effort into that. I am, who I am is, is I don't know who I am because I'm worried about pleasing everybody else. So I'm, I'm pleasing this one and pleasing that one and pleasing this one. And I change myself so that I'm pleasing all these different people. And next thing you know, I don't even know who I am because I have pretty much allowed the world to hijack my identity. 
because I'm not going to the truth and the way of life. I'm not bringing things to the Father. I'm allowing that separation to be there. What I love about when, when that separation got lifted, that means God can talk to me. Amen? And see, how many of us are listening when God's speaking to us? The only way we're going to experience that peace, the only way we're going to experience the truth of God's word is listening to God and doing what he says. And a lot of times we say, well, I don't hear God speak. God just hadn't spoken to me. Well, he's not going to tell you anything else if you hadn't done what he told you to do last time. Oh, no, no smiles, huh? But that's the reality. We have to realize that. See, because Jesus is the way, there's a way out of this hopelessness we feel. I don't know about you, but there's just sometimes, some, I'll get in a rut of life, and I feel hopeless. I feel like that there's no point to this sometimes. I feel like, why do I need to keep going when it feels like nobody else wants it? Why do I need to keep doing this? You ever felt hopeless before? And, and, and what happens is, if you're not going into God's Word and allowing the truth of His Word to reject the lies that the enemy is placing in your head, you eventually begin to believe those things, and you will stop fighting. He didn't call us to stop fighting. We have to fight against that every single day. See, the way we, a lot of times, the way we feel is not reality. The way we feel is dictated by our experience and our circumstances. And just because you feel hopeless doesn't mean that it's real. Just because you feel like nobody loves you doesn't mean that it's real. Just because you don't feel like nobody respects you doesn't mean that that's real. I know me, I, 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 would, I would preach. When I first started preaching, I would preach my heart out. And I would get out of the pulpit and there'd always be this one person. Don't be that one person, all right? Don't, don't be that one person. There'd always be that one person. Boy, that thing was good, but... You didn't do this. You didn't do that. One day I was so mad, I got in the car and I was like, I'm going to tell them next time. Why don't you preach next Sunday? <laughs> Sabrina's like that, that. You know, Sabrina's like a saint. Yeah, that's not right. That's not right. But when I do that to her, she's like, shut up. Right? <laughs> we allow, but see, what, I, what happened to me is, is early on, I allow people to tell me, and I'm not just talking about my preaching, but anything in life, if you told me anything that I was doing wrong, I all of a sudden magnified that times a thousand and thought that I was just this worst thing ever. Sabrina would say, you know, don't, you know, you, you, didn't, you didn't pick your clothes up. Oh, man, I'm, I'm the most horrible husband ever. Somebody said one thing wrong, I would magnify that times 10 because I realized that Inside of me, there was a deep yearning to please people. And so my deep yearning to please people always left me feeling like I, I, I was unfulfilled or I was, jacked, I was messed up. I, I, there was no way I could, I could have peace because I always, I always felt like I was never, I was always displeasing to everyone. Everybody had something to say, because, but it was me. It was my, me being too sensitive. Ain't y'all been too sensitive to stuff before? And when we're too sensitive, we allow things to identify us that we shouldn't allow to identify us. So next thing you know, we're just, we're just buried down, feeling like we're, we're insufficient. We, we can't do these things. There's no way that we can overcome stuff. We feel like we really, we're demeaning God because we feel like we're acting like God's too small for our big problems. So we wallow in, our, in pity and we wallow in all these things instead of getting up and giving it to God. And I know you say, well, it's easy. You, you say, give it to God. Don't you sit up there and tell me I got to pray more. That's going to fix it. That's, that's what I'm telling you. You got to spend time with the truth so that it will set you free. You know, what I love about it is that John 8, 32 says that they, he pray, he says that they will be my disciples and that they will know the truth and the truth will set them free free. If we know the truth, if we know Jesus Christ, if he is the truth of our life, if everything in our life is, is, is counted on the litmus of Jesus, if, it's, if, it's, if he's the truth, if he's my reality, if he's who I should be serving, everything, he should be the plumb line of my life. Y'all understand that? 
He should be what everything else is measured up to. So if he's the truth, then the truth will set me free. If I'm more worried about what Jesus thinks about me than I am about you, guess what? I'm going to be happy. I'm going to walk in peace. If I'm more worried about what Jesus thinks of me than this, than this person that, that is upset with me for something that I didn't even do, then, I'm, then I'm, I can walk in peace knowing that I'm walking in unity with God. We can't allow our circumstances and what the world tells us we should be and how we should act to be who we are. Because I'm telling you, if you allow out there to dictate who you are in here, you will be a wreck. You will be a wreck. I was ever, before I met Jesus, I was who I was because I was trying, because I was doing what everybody told me would be cool. You know, in South Georgia, I'm going to be real with you. On Friday nights, Saturday nights, you, you wasn't nobody if you wasn't out riding dirt roads or drinking. I mean, I, I, didn't, even drink, I didn't even drink when I was in high school. I, I, we started, I started drinking when I got married, and that has nothing to do with my wife, I promise. <laughs> she is the butt of a lot of my jokes, but I will tell you, she does laugh with me. You should hear what she says about me. But it doesn't. I, I got that freedom. And, 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 but the reason we started doing that was because that's what everybody said you needed to do. So I was influenced by those people. And, 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 and I felt like when I wasn't in that clique, then I was a nobody. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Because when I, and if I, if I wasn't rooted in Jesus, when, I pulled, when, when God pulled me out of that lifestyle, out of that circle, out of that, if I wasn't rooted in him, I would have went right back because what they kept telling me was, you're crazy. Why would you do, why would you leave? This is awesome. I don't know why they think that's awesome. Waking up every Saturday morning with your head beating, just about to die, that is not fun. That is not fun. You need to tell yourself that. Last night was not fun. Not out loud. But if we're not careful, we allow everything else to define who we are. We allow hurts. We allow problems. We allow all these things. But if you listen to the lies long enough, you believe to think that the lie is the truth, and you won't listen to the real truth. I don't know how many women have listened to a man tell them that, that they have to wear this or wear that to be approved, to be pretty enough, to be beautiful enough to deserve their love. And that was a lie. See, we listen to all the different things and we begin to think they're the truth just because somebody else says it. And we got to always take God's word and divide what people say and what we feel by God's word. Because I can feel one way, but that don't mean it's right. My wife might not be paying me attention and, and I may go to work and the, and the secretary may be, may be giving me an eye and it might feel right, but that don't mean it's right, does it? No. Your emotions will lie to you. If you're not walking in the truth of God's word, but if you don't know who you are in God, then you'll allow the world to tell you who you are. And I don't care if you, if you go to church every Sunday. It's about a relationship with Jesus. The closer you are to him, the more you're going to not listen to the voices outside. See, we, we allow our experiences to lie to us. Think about the people in the Bible that would never have been used by God if they had allowed their experiences to tell them who they were. Think about Joseph. We've been talking about him. Joseph, he was in prison. He was, he, he got, he, he was in slavery. Then he got brought out of slavery. Then he got put in prison. What if when he got into prison, he would have been like, you know what? This just ain't worth it. I, I must be useless. I'm in jail. I hadn't done nothing wrong. I, I just, I'm, I'm horrible. I'm, I'm not even going to listen to you, God. I hear this dream that you're giving me, but you know what? I'm not going to do it because, you know, this was wrong. I had no right to be in here. You put me in here for the wrong thing. I, it is your fault. I feel this way. I'm not taking another step because this was wrong, God. What if he'd have done that? But he didn't. He kept his eyes on God and realized that in every situation, every circumstance, he had a purpose in it. There was a purpose for the pain. There was a purpose for the discomfort. He kept his eyes on God. And he fulfilled the purpose that God had for his life. Think about Moses. 
Moses gave God all kinds of excuses of why he couldn't serve God. I, I, I don't have a very good speech. I can't talk really good. God was like, well, I'll give you a helper. What if, what if he would have kept listening to those voices of his insecurity of how he couldn't talk to people? He would have never been used by God. He would have never experienced being in the presence of God in that tent of meeting that Dallas talked about earlier where, where, where he was in there saying, God, if you don't go with me, if your presence don't go with me, I don't want to go. If he would have listened to the voices of his experience, he would have never, ever experienced God to the level in which he experienced him. Think about Gideon. I think about Gideon, how Gideon, he was in the wine press. He was a very, he was scared to death. He was in, the, he was in his wine press inside hiding, making wine. He was in there squishing the grapes. He was in the, he was in the wine press. And God came to him and said, valiant warrior. And he's like, you talking to me? There's no way. He was insecure. He, he had listened to what people had said about him, and he didn't feel like he could, he could measure up to what God wanted him to do, but God used him in a powerful way because he didn't allow his experiences to define who he was. I think about David a lot, how God used David. David was known as a God after man's own, after God, a man after God's own heart. He would have never had that title if he would have said, you know what, God? I'm just 12 years old. I'm just a boy. Don't, I, don't have, I, I don't know. My, my daddy thinks I'm useless because I'm out here in this field tending to these sheep. My brothers don't think much of me either. And if he listened to what all those said and what those experiences told him, he would have never have risen up, risen up and said, you know what, God? I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to serve you. If he would have... If he would have listened to the things and the experiences in which Saul put in his life, how the people that he trusted turned on him, then he would never have been used in such a huge way by God. I often think of Matthew, one of the disciples. Matthew, he would have never, if he would have sat there in his condemnation thinking he was unworthy for Jesus, he would have never stepped out when Jesus said, come follow me. How many of us are robbed of a true, intimate relationship with Jesus because we listen to everything around us instead of the voice of God? And what happens is, is those things define who we are and not God defining who we are. See, what I love about this is saying that to Jesus, he says, to know the truth. See, to know Jesus is to know the truth. When you truly know Jesus, you know the truth. The truth is that when we know the truth, when we know Jesus, we have to replace what people say about us and what Jesus says about us. That makes sense? You know, so, so if you're insecure, if you don't feel like you're worthy, you got to say, you know what? I'm, I can't do this on my, on my own strength, but in Christ, I can. I'm insecure. I can't do this. In you, Jesus, I can do this. And people see me standing up here in front of you now, and people are like, I can't believe he's doing that. Let me tell you what happened. When God called me to preach, I was just like Moses. Uh-uh. I can't talk. You seen what happened when I tried to do the announcements, God. I about throwed up on the front pew. There's no way I can do that. And it, it, these, these simple words kept going. I equipped the called. I equipped the called. When, when God called me, and finally when, when Brandon and I started preaching, I didn't, know how to, I didn't know how to make a sermon up. The lady called me and said, will you preach on Sunday? I said, yes, ma'am. I hung up and Sabrina said, what happened? I said, I don't know. <laughs> but evidently, I'm going to Dry Branch Church Sunday. We're going to preach. She was like, what? And I went there and I prayed. I said, God, I don't, I, I, I prayed this simple prayer. I said, God, I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to do this, but I know you've called me to this. So God, I just prayed that you would show me what to do. And he showed me what to preach. And I preached that Sunday. Me and Serena rolled up to the church. I was a nervous wreck, but what? But I carried it well. I was stone-faced. My wife didn't know I was scared. She said, you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I know she was thinking, liar. I said, but let's pray. And we prayed, and I prayed for God to remove that, 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 that butterflies. I said, God, I can't do this unless you, unless you come through. I'm going to get up here and make a fool of myself. You're going to have to come through for me. 
they were singing Old Rugged Cross and How Great Thou Art, and I'm up here like, Lord God, please don't make me make a fool of myself. And they got time for me to get in the pulpit, and I was scared to death, guys. I was walking up that thing, I walked up here, and when I, t- I ain't lying to you, when I turned around to tell everybody, all that stuff went away. And in that moment, God said, I quit the call. But said, oh, it's all about not allowing what everyone else says and what your experience says to define who you are. You got to go to God and go to his truth every time. Not just this time, but the next time. Because of it's, it's consistency. Constantly seeking him, replacing those things. You, you feel like you're not worthy. You, you, people have been telling you that, that you're not worthy of this or, or you'll, you'll fail at that. You've got to replace that with what Jesus says about you. You've got to replace those things. If, if you, people, you don't feel like you have a purpose. You don't feel like there's nothing you can do to, to glorify God. You've got to replace that with what Jesus says about you. He's called you specifically for a purpose. You have a purpose for your life. Everyone does. Call, call on the name of the Lord and say, God, show me my purpose. But then be ready to hear the answer. See, it's all about listening to God and doing what he says. It's simple but we complicate it so bad. See, to know Jesus and to know the truth is that once we know Jesus and we know that don't matter what anything happens, he's the truth, he is the way of life, it gives you peace. And we're robbed of a lot of peace because we're trying to figure things out that we weren't designed to figure out. We're robbed of our pieces because we're just... We're, we're allowing what people says about us to control our emotions, and we're like riding an emotional roller coaster every single day. I call it the crazy train. Anybody been riding the crazy train lately? Huh? You, you, your emotions are all over the place. You don't know what to do because you're worried more about what everybody else thinks than what God thinks about you. When you go to God first, let me tell you what he does to me. When I go to God first and I'm like, Lord, I feel this way, I feel that way, I'm honest about my struggle That right there is a straight, narrow road. And I can walk into the craziest circumstances and be just as calm and collect. But when I'm trying to do it on my own, sometimes one day I'm I'm timid as I could be, don't want to talk to you. The next day I'm like I'm on WWE ready to fight because I'm not going to God and allowing him to keep me peaceful and calm. You know, he says that they may know the truth and the truth will set them free, but we have to allow the truth to set us free. You have to allow, you can know the truth, but you've got to allow it to set you free. To, to, for the truth to set you free, you, number one, you have to believe that it's the truth. See, that's the biggest problem we have. We don't believe that the truth of God is the truth of God. We doubt. Doubt is one of the biggest problems we have as Christians. No amens on that one, huh? But see, God set us free from sin. He set us free from the effects of sin. We've got to quit doubting things. See, one of the things I, I, I love is that how when I started following Jesus, he started, he, he started telling me what he was going to do in my life. And I believe I would have been closer to him by now if I would have listened to him earlier. Jeremy, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I mean, there would be little things, little hints that God would drop, and I would be like, there's no way I could do that. There's no way I could do that. And, and God would tell me what he was going to do or what he wanted me to do, and, and I kept giving him all these excuses. Why? Because I was looking at how to do those things in my own power. Instead of looking to him and saying, all right, God, I'll do it. You just show me the way. Because I doubted God. I doubted his ability to put me where he wanted me to be. See, and a lot of us are in a, in, a, in a season or in a circumstance or in a situation, and we feel anxiety. We feel like there's no, we're hopeless. It's because we don't trust God's word of being true that he'll do what he says he'll do. And if you'll invite him into your problem, he will get you out of it. And it might not be in the time in which you want to get, get out of the problem, and it might not be fixed the way you want it to be fixed, but he will get you out his way. But when we're relishing and we're walking in the truth of God, don't matter how we get out, as long as we get out. Amen? See, that's the thing. 
Many of us have been, we've been set, we're captive to our problems. We've been, we, we listen to the truth, but then we're held captive by our problems because we don't trust that the truth can be applied to our life. How many of us struggle with, with bitterness? We struggle with all these different things. See, a lot of people, a lot of people, they're identified by their anger. You know people that are just angry? I mean, it don't take but just a minute. And boy, they, they fixing to jump on you. Why? Because if you trace that back, it goes back to some bitterness they hanging on to that's just been festering and festering and festering. They didn't deal with that, so it's causing their whole life to be identified as just being angry, and, and just, you, you just can't deal with them. Why? Because they didn't trust that God would take care of the problem in which they're bitter about. They didn't give that to God. They didn't forgive it. Why? Because they wanted to stay in control of the situation. And so they're not walking in the truth of God. They're, they're not set free. They're just bound by it. They're, I mean, there's all kinds of different things I could say. People that are easily offended and hurt. Why? Because of people's, they're worried about people's approval. And when people don't approve of them, then their feelings are hurt. Because they're looking for people's approval more than they are of God's. See, we often treat all the symptoms of things instead of going for the cure. That making, that making sense today? This may be a little deep, but this is, the, this is where, where I want you, we got to understand this. I remember when, when uh, I began, all of a sudden my body just thought, started rejecting sugar. Very sad, very sad. No donuts. Mm. But I found myself one day in the mirror, and I was like, Dad, that ain't going to work. I looked in the mirror, and I was like, I vowed I would never have a gut like my daddy. Like, I am not going to look like I swallowed a basketball. That is not happening in my lifetime. I will do a million push-ups and sit-ups a day, but that ain't going to happen. And I looked in the mirror, and I was like, where did that come from? And then I looked again, and look at my stomach, and my right side was, was larger than the left side. And, you know, then I'm panicking. Oh, Lord, I got some incurable disease, you know. Something bad's happening. But I wouldn't go to the doctor. I ain't going to that doctor. Sabrina's like, go to the doctor. We'll get it figured out. No, uh-uh, I ain't going to the doctor. I'm going to fix this. I started trying to figure out what I could eat, what I couldn't eat, and all these different things. And out of about a six-month elimination thing, I, I, I would get good for a little while, and then it would, it would get horrible. And then it got to where it started inflaming my joints. And it all came to a head one day when I ate something. And I looked in the mirror, and I felt kind of funny, and my right ear was twice the size than my left ear. Not that funny. And it was throbbing. And I was like, I got to get this thing figured out. I'm going to be looking like, I ain't going to tell you what I'm going to be looking like. But I said, I'm going to be looking bad if I don't get something figured out. And I went home, and I tell my wife, you know, my loving, caring wife, and she laughs uncontrollably. So we go to the doctor, and the first, first doctor says, all right, Jeremy, the only way we're going to figure this out is we're going to do the colonoscopy. I said, well, you know what? I'm fixing to die because I'm not getting that done. <laughs> so we go to another doctor. We ain't doing that. We go to another doctor. And we go to this doctor, and, and he's like, all right, well, let's run some tests. We're going to do this, this, and this. And he begins to run all these tests. And he, a series of tests that lasted about two hours, he told me the problem that I was intolerant to, like, everything that I've eaten, that was what was causing all the problems I've been having. But see, I struggled for eight months trying to figure out what the problem was because I want to do it on my own instead of going to the person that could fix it, and he fixed it like that. You know, in, in that process, I dropped about 60 pounds in about six months. People were like, is Jeremy on crack? Is he on drugs? Is his home life that bad? Because he looks bad. See, other people can see there was something wrong. See, a lot of us, we think that we've got our problems figured out and we, we're, got it, we're under control, but everybody else can see what's going on. And you're trying to fix it on your own. You're trying to do it yourself. Why don't you bring it to God? Because he's going to fix it a whole lot sooner. Because your identity is based on how you can handle things. You're in control. I got this. And you feel like that if you give it to God, then that means that you're less and you can't handle life. And that doesn't mean that. That just means you're giving the keys to something greater than yourself. 
And it's time for some of you to get that today. You're not in control of your life. God is, whether you want to believe it or not. And so we allow all these different things and, and, and to come and, and, and to make us who we are. And if we're not careful, we'll be 10 years down the road and we'll look back and we're like, who am I? Especially if we're supposed to be a born-again follower of Jesus Christ. Who are you? Are you truly given everything to God? Jesus says that if you are my disciples, you will take up your cross and follow me, right? I mean, every day, not just, not just on Sundays, every day, giving it to him, giving, going to the truth and saying, God, show me what you want me to do for my life today. See, a lot of people are just stuck in all kinds of different things. And maybe a lot of times you've been, you've been praying for God to change a certain thing, change where you are, change his attitude, and it ain't happened yet. Any of y'all been there? Any of y'all been praying for something and it ain't happened yet? You've been praying for God to change your wife because she's crazy? Or your husband because he's crazy? It ain't happened yet. Don't raise your hand. You've been praying for God to change that crazy person at work, or you've been praying for God to change this circumstance. You've been praying for God to change the issue between you and your ex-husband because the children are involved. You've been praying for all these different things. Maybe you've been praying for a son or a daughter that's, that just, that's just gone off the deep end, and they're crazy. You don't know how to fix them. You've been praying, God, fix it. God, change it. And if you're not careful, you allow your life to, be a, to become that struggle. And everything, you, when, when, when something goes wrong, you think about that. When, when something's not right, you think about that. You think about, oh, okay, this happened because I did this, this, and this. You start putting the blame on you instead of realizing that you can't fix that. And God hadn't answered it because maybe God's trying to change you in the middle of this problem. And when I look at things, we can't look at it and say, God, you didn't change this when I wanted you to change this. You didn't save that person when I wanted you to save that person. We've just got to be okay with God's plan and knowing that God's truth, and we need to walk in it every day and allow him to change us through it. It, take, it took me a long, agonizing time to realize that. Sometimes you're walking through things in life, and he, he's not changing the situation because he's wanting to change you through the situation. So stop looking at where you are as a curse and start looking at it as a blessing. So if we're not careful, we allow the truth. We don't press into the truth of God. And if we're not pressing into the truth of God, we allow our circumstance and situation to paralyze us. So we're stuck right there. We're stuck feeling like we're, we won't ever work out. Things won't ever be the way they should be. And if you're not careful, it separates us from God. You know what I'm talking about? We're mad, we're bitter, and that bitterness becomes to keep pushing, and it pushes us away from God. If we're not careful, we build a wall up. We're fixing to build a wall. Y'all ready? But if you allow the fear of man and everything else, your life is all about anxiety. What happens is it just comes up, and it's a barrier between you and God. You're trying to fix everything on your own, and, and, and that's who you are, and you get mad when God don't fix things, when you want God to fix things. You're full of self-control. These are things that people in our church struggle with. Life is crazy and things are going on. Maybe your life is full of depression. Maybe you're mad at God half the time because you're depressed. You don't know how to get out of that. You don't know what's going on. You're trying, you, you've been pressing in, but nothing's changed. You're, you're upset. Your whole life is, is characterized as somebody that's depressed, knowing that you just got to bring those things to God. Maybe you've realized that your whole life has been just jacked, that you don't know who you are. When you, can't, when you look at you, you're like, I don't know who I am. I, my life has been hijacked. I don't know who I am. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're walking in condemnation. Maybe you're looking at regrets from the past. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's something that's happened. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but you're walking in condemnation and everything in your life reminds you of the failure that you once had. And so you can't get over those things. Maybe when you were a child, you were abandoned by a parent. And you just have never been able to let that go. So you walk a life not trusting anybody. You think everybody's going to let you down. You think everybody's going to hurt you. You think everybody's going to do those things. And if we're not careful, what happens is we allow these things to build up in our life and it makes a wall. And it separates us from God. 
and will look like little things begin to build up. And next thing you know, that relationship that you once had, there's something blocking that. There's something going on because we haven't listened to God's truth. And don't be laughing at my wall, at my, at my fence. I ain't gonna say who built that fence, who looks like it, somebody built that fence. But what we have to do though, you have to go to this and go to these lies and replace it with the truth. You gotta go to these lies and replace it with the truth. I'm anxious. I'm, I'm, I'm worrying. God's not got this. You got to replace it and say, you know, God knows right where I am. God's got this. You have to, sometimes you got to preach to yourself, church. God, I'm not in control. God's in control. And as you give those things to God, as you bring your anxiety to God, that doesn't mean he's going to cure it tomorrow. That doesn't mean it's going to change. That means that you're giving it to God. You're trusting him with your insecurity. You're trusting him with your struggle. And what happens is that after time, that thing gets knocked down. It gets knocked down. And the same thing, when you're, when you're trying to be in control of things, and you're trying to handle things, and you're trying to, and that, that's who you are. You are a control freak. And, and when things don't work out the way you want them to work out, everything falls apart. When you go and take it to God and say, God, I can't handle these things, he begins to knock it down. One by one. And, for, and one by one, as we give those things to God, they begin to fall. Man, that's loud. And the next thing you know, the wall's gone and there's no separation. See, Jesus died so there wouldn't be a separation between us and God. Jesus died so we could have life and have life more abundantly. And when we give things to God, he begins to write a new story for our lives. And if we give our lives to God and we give our problems to God, we give our insecurities to God, if we give these things to God, our lives may look like this right now. But the more you press in, the more you seek God, the more you're like, God, I can't fix this. Guess what happens? He writes a new story in your life. And the big T truth, the big truth of all of this is that at the cross, the truth about Jesus, the truth in him is that he takes all our insecurities and all our failures and he uses us in a mighty way. He can use you in spite of your flaws. He can use you in spite of your insecurities. He can use you because of the cross. He came so that we can have life and life more abundantly. He came so that we could tell Satan and all the voices around us to shut up because we are following Jesus. And the way for the truth to set us free is we have to be real with ourselves and real with God and saying, Lord, I can't handle this on my own. I need to give this to you today. The world tells me that, that I'm, in, I'm insecure because the world tells me I'm a failure. God, I want you to show me what you want me to do today, what, what, what you plan for my life so that I can have fulfillment in you. Church, I'm telling you, we've got, we've got to press into that. We've got to stop allowing everybody else to tell us who we are and start listening to God tell us who we are in Him. Jesus came so that there would be no separation. There would be no dividing in your heart. Why don't you allow him to knock down those walls this morning? Why don't you allow him to knock those things down? See, when you give your life to Jesus, everything's different, right? You have a new purpose. You have a new vision. You have someone else calling the shots. It's time for some of us to realize that we don't live where we used to live. Some of you give your life to Christ but you're still handling problems the same way you did before you knew him. And the only way that changes is for you to go into God's word and know the truth. The truth of Jesus, the truth of why he came, and he came to set us free from those things. We have to take them to God. And see, if we have a personal relationship with Jesus, we'll take those things to him. And we won't just take it to him on, the, on Sunday. We'll take it to him on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. We keep really relentlessly taking it to God because we know he's the only one that can change this. He's the only one that can take away the addiction. He's the only way that can take away the pride. He's the only way that can take away the insecurity. He's the only way that, he can, ta- that can take away the doubt you feel. But instead of giving it to him and allowing and, and constantly giving it to him so he can take it away, we just hold on to it and keep building those walls. And you will never know the goodness and the grace of God until you release those things and give it to him. He died so you could have freedom. 
He died so you wouldn't have to walk in those things, but you keep hanging on to it. And some things are going to be a fight. But realize that in the fight, God's changing you in the fight. See, how we see ourselves is not always the truth. We see ourselves as not good enough. We see ourselves that we're too far gone. We see ourselves as, as I'll never amount to anything. We see ourselves of thinking that I've messed up so much, no one could ever love me. And we have to go to God's word and replace those things with what God says about us. And it's time that a lot of us in this room, we start doing that. My heart for each of you guys that you would experience God you would experience the grace, you would experience the mercy, you would experience that relationship that he desires to have with you. But you have to be real enough to admit your problems and admit your insecurities and admit your failures and go before a holy God and get on your knees and say, Lord, have mercy for me. Lord, don't, don't forgive me for not trusting you. And God, help me. Give me the courage to trust you. Forgive me for doubting. Forgive me for not walking in the truth in your word. Show me how to do that in this hard place that I'm in. He can identify where you are. He knows where you are. So why not give it to him? Jesus says that he came so that we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. So if we're still bound, then there's some truth about Jesus that we're not hanging on to. And a lot of us in this room have been struggling with the same things for years. The same insecurity, the same letdown, the same hurt. We've been struggling with those same things that we don't think will ever ma ma match up and matter to God. And I wish I could take one of these pieces of wood and slap you with it and wake you up with love. I wish you would wake up with that, but I can't do that. You've got to want it. You've got to, to see God more valuable than your problems. You've got to see God more valuable than your situation. You've got to see God more valuable than your pride. You got to submit to that. So today we're going to do something a little different. As Lydia plays softly on guitar. If we all were honest, we all, I'm, I'm, if we were all 100% honest, we would say that there's things that I doubt, that there's areas that I struggle in. And there's a lot of areas in my life that I'm defined more what other people think. I'm defined more by the past. I'm defined by this. And God wants you to release that today. So if that's you today. If you want release from that, if you're tired of struggling, if you're tired of, if you want more out of your relationship with Jesus, I just want to challenge you. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. did that with the lights on, praise God. It's wanting God more and caring about Him more than what anybody else thinks in this room. That's what following Jesus looks like. Boldly and unashamedly giving those things to Him. So I'm going to give you just a minute. You know your struggle. You know what's going on in your heart. You don't have to come to this altar and, and tell me about it. You tell it to God. You cry out to God. Asking him, Lord, help me overcome this. Help me overcome that. God, show me how to take this next step forward. God, help me deal with this anxiety. God, help me give this self-control, not having control to you. God, get, let me, God, help me give this depression to you. Help me overcome these things. These are real issues that we face, but we just keep putting up with them instead of allowing the truth to kill them. So let's do that today. Amen? Let's pray.
I think every week. I wonder who's real and who's fake. I wonder who's really seeking God and who's not. And that's not for me to know. That's only for you to know. With my heart, I'm fixing to pray. I'm going to dismiss all of you guys. But my heart is this. That if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, he's not your anchor in life. He's not who you go to. He's not the center of your life. If you've just been going to church, religion don't save you. Jesus does. So my heart is that you would accept him as your Savior and you would follow him today. And if that's you and you realize that you've never had a true relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to be hanging out right over here. Right here to my right. I'm going to be right after the service. If you want me to pray with you, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to do that today. Don't leave here without giving and doing the right thing and giving your life to Christ. Amen? I'm fixing to pray. We're fixing to leave here. And we're going to walk out of here a people of God on fire for Jesus. Amen? And we're going to be intentional this week of giving him all our problems, giving him all of our problems, giving him all of our issues. And whenever Satan starts talking and that trash in our ear, we're going to go to the truth of God's word. Amen? We're going to fight back. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to dismiss you guys. Father God, we come to you right now boldly and unashamedly thanking you, Lord, for moving today and God touching our hearts. And God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, not be so blinded by our circumstances that we don't see you in the middle of them. God, there's so many things that define us, that make us who we are, and most of them are wrong. Father, I pray that there's anything in our lives that doesn't match up, that doesn't point people to you, then God, I pray that you would convict us all of that so that when we leave here, God, we're walking in unity with you. God, I pray that you would touch us today. And Lord, when we leave here, that you have truly set us free. And God, we were walking it every day, walking that freedom, that we wouldn't pick up the chains that you broke in order to put them back on. That God, we would walk in that every day. So Father, I pray that you would give us the courage to go to you first. I pray for every person in this room, Lord, that when they go home, that when, that when the voices start talking, that God, that they would go to you first. That God, you would say, come to me. You would remind them of your goodness. You would remind them of your glory. You would remind them that you're the answer, God. I pray that you would come to each of us and God, we would walk a life of victory. And God, it starts with taking that first step and God, help us all take that first step and then the one after that. So God, as we leave here, Lord, help us be the people of purpose and the people that praise you everywhere we go because of what you've done in our lives. God, help us remember the truth of your word. And God, help us allow it to set us free. Father, I love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, we love you.